Okay, welcome everybody to podcast number nine this week. And I wasn't actually going to do one this soon after the first or after number eight. But Cigar reached out and he had a few questions with regards to different facets of, I think, male sexuality, possibly female sexuality, um, semen retention and things like that. So being that it's one of the most requested topics, uh, I decided to come on and do an early podcast this week. So, you know, Cigar, you can take it away from here. Cool, yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing this, Chris. Uh, I think uh, let's start with the uh, the terminology that's usually used around male sexual- sexuality. Like you said, uh, semen retention. Um, I remember once you told me that not not to call it anything mm-hmm. because uh, I remember the way I discovered it was I ran into something called the no fap challenge, uh, yes. which uh, for those people who don't know, it's it's like a challenge online where you go and decide not to watch any porn and not to masturbate at all for a continued period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's it's almost uh, it goes to show that it's a challenge. So it uh, I guess that's why I wanted to do this as a topic for the interview. Why is this so difficult for people to take on as a concept that this is something they should you know control or work on? Because we are currently more than ever a part of the society that favors instant gratification over anything long-term. So that's the first thing that is highly appealing about just from a man's perspective to ejaculate uh, without being aware of his frequency or how it may be affecting him. Secondly is that people are not really communicated to based on the fact that this is an energy world that everything is energy and walking around with an accumulation of life force energy is also not really supported within society's understanding of how we are of how life functions so because of that there's no real importance placed on it other than just the just the level of physicality, such as you lose, you know, maybe magnesium, copper, selenium, zinc. But it really doesn't go much deeper than that, for the most part. And people are even encouraged. I've seen write-ups that encourage men to uh, have a specific, a, spe- a specific ejaculation frequency to avoid, in quotation marks, prostate cancer which is absolutely ridiculous. But any way where the power can be removed from the individual, someone will find a way to do it. And when you do that with sexuality and with sexual energy, it's all you really need for the most part. So to answer your question, it's not supported. It's not spoken about and... The fact that we're so used to highly stimulated instant gratification, it plays into all of that. And plus, it feels good. Right. So, you know, when, when a man's getting ready to, to ejaculate, orgasm will accompany that 
and he wants to you know mm. continue and, and go through the red tape it's uh, two things that uh, come up from what you just described is one thing uh, when you mentioned about the prostate cancer part i've read that as well somewhere mm-hmm. and i'm not sure where but it's very strange that if if you talk to people about spirituality they would write their start talking about science and telling you that you know there's no proof that a soul exists and so on and yet those same people will turn around to tell you how this affects prostate cancer directly without again there being no proof and you know it's like it's not even blind leading the leading the blind it's like they just read one thing and they just spout it out in another direction and that is how information around masturbation gets passed on even from uh, even from people like people that you know like i was in a boy school and i remember how this was uh, seen as a good thing that you are able to do and it uh, it becomes an e- kind of like an ego match uh, ego match not e- just not just among peers but uh, with yourself how how many times can you do it and how uh, how long it can go on for and so on yeah <laughs> <clears throat> and that that competition never ends does it like it's not just in there but well i i think more than anything that's more so when a when a young boy is kind of first coming into his his sex energy and experiencing more of that energy and you know at the beginning you've got so much of it that it doesn't matter if you drop a few gallons here and there <laughs> which is what the majority of of young boys will do but another one thing you pointed out just now is that people don't realize that it their energy uh you know how much you can put out changes over time like you know people often want to stick to the narrative that you know men are fertile all the way until their 90s and so on and maybe they are but they don't realize how much more energy it takes do they well when you're younger you can again you can expend more of that sexual energy you can let go more of this male essence or in chinese medicine as they call it jing you can let it go at a frequency that you could never continue as you go into your adult life because not only does your libido begin to decrease if that's how you relate to your sexuality but also it will have deeper physical implications such as emotional issues uh, such as depression high levels of anxiety insomnia it can create a whole list of deficiency based symptoms and syndromes that will occur within an individual so again that's not spoken about i have yeah, seen, i have seen western medicine document a uh, document a syndrome that they word as something like post orgasmic fatigue or post orgasmic illness so i've seen this where a man experiences what they call flu like symptoms and just general malaise and other issues that might come up so it is being noted but there's very little understood about it because you can't really understand it from such a deep level within the western medicine bracket yeah because you could say you lose huge amounts of zinc but you don't you lose trace amounts of zinc yeah so there's something deeper that's happening when the man releases that grounding energy that's 
that's present in him repeatedly and repeatedly as he ages in his life. Right. Anxiety is also a big one for me, used to be or is a big one for me because I, I've seen that once uh, before I started, uh, you know, kind of moving into this grounding that you talk about, uh, I remember that if uh, if a day or if a, if, a, if a whole day or a week or weekend was incredibly difficult for whatever reason, uh, a lot of frustration builds up inside you. And then the only thing or only solution that you see is, you know, go online, watch some porn, masturbate and be done with it. Which which now when I look back, it looks like a, looks a lot like numbing with alcohol. Yeah, well, you're diffusing your aliveness so you don't feel as much. Right. That's the reality of it. When you feel overwhelmed, it's just because there's a lot of energy moving through you that is now beginning to show up places in you that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to make contact with, with your consciousness and with your felt sense. So when this energy increases, people don't like it because, again, as I said at the beginning, we are not a part of the society that supports or promotes the accumulation of large amounts of energy. So when it builds up, the person starts to feel like they're anxious or they feel the reality of what is going on for them at this moment in their life. And rather than learning how to relax into that excessive, beautiful aliveness of energy in them, instead they want to get away from it and diminish it. They want to make themselves more docile. They want to disperse. They want to pull the plug in the bathtub so they can get to release all that backup rather than actually having the desire to learn how to circulate it or circulate it within the body, within the person's beingness. So it really stems just from a lack of education and the fact that we look at what's normal or we look at what everyone else does and we just assume it to be the way and then we just do that. The only reason that more people aren't doing this, even though it's now being caught up to more with things like the NoFap movement. Um, I totally forgot what I was saying. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's all right, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I do see your point there. Like, uh, if it's still not, even though uh, one might say that it's starting to show up in culture, yet it's not as widely talked about as one would uh, admit or want. Mm -hmm. Because I know that people uh, people are very, uh, very much against it in a way that they don't want to hear about it and they don't want to talk about it. Or they, I know people who have laughed at me for even suggesting that this was a thing. And mm -hmm. it's good that we do have the internet where there's a community you can still talk to. But yeah, it's still not part of the large narrative. I think that was the point you were trying to get to. Yes. People don't want to handle handle these feelings because no one's trying to handle those feelings. That, mm -hmm. And that, that energy brings to the forefront. And also it's surrounding something which is such a taboo, which is sex. Yeah. Sexual expression. Yeah. So anything in that area is immediately not going to get as much coverage and as much exposure as everything else. One of the reasons why I removed myself from Facebook, as an example, was because of that. You know, they cracked down on people talking about sex, sexuality, 
anyone who has an opinion that is not like the angry mob left narrative, you know, <laughs> you're, you're deleted for, for standing on snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something like semen retention is always going to be something that's more in the corner that the man or the individual will really have to search out themselves. And usually the men who end up coming to it are either men who are totally addicted to porn or men who are noticing all of these really intense symptoms after they ejaculate. Right. Then the research starts and then they start arriving to... The extreme cases in a way. Exactly. Extreme cases. And I, I find it a bit strange that, uh, like, if you look at, you know, fashion magazines or, like, Cosmopolitan and so on, they talk uh, pretty openly about orgasms, but they never, ever talk about this, even though both are, you know, connected to sex and uh, one is taboo and the other is not. Yeah, but because the the female orgasm has been made a part of the consumer machine. (laughs) Of course, magazines talk about it because it's fancier now that you can buy your toys and your vibrators and all your dead objects to to stimulate a part of your body that was never meant to be stimulated with something that was not alive. So they'll speak more about female orgasm because that's just the general social narrative anyway. That's what it supports the fact that women are being hard done by, that's supported. That's what's spoken about. That's what's shared. And around sexuality, there's almost like a jokingness. And it's it's pretty disgusting just because of the work I do, maybe, or just because of how I relate to it or the types of people that I've had to engage with, with huge amounts of trauma around these areas. How it's communicated publicly especially in these types of magazines, gossip magazines or types of platforms where the female orgasm and the fact that she doesn't experience it good enough with a man, it's almost laughed at where the inadequacies of men are laughed at. Mm. So this as well also has the man move deeper back into his shell because his own orgasmicness, his own healthy sexual expression is not being communicated about or with. Because it's seen as something bad, it's seen as something possibly dangerous. And oh, sure, he's happy anyway. Sure, he comes anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> the man can very much be pushed to the to the side in these types of conversations. What a great point there. Like, he comes anyway, yeah. I've, I've, I know, uh, I've, I've not read that in the magazine, but yeah, I know those three words really sum up how men are supposed to be talking about their, hey, it's easy for you because, you know, you can come anyway, anytime, on your own or with people or with like 10 people at the same time. Also, I don't want to take away, obviously, from the fact that the sexual issues that are rife within femininity and within women's lives are just as gigantic, if not even bigger, than within the male relation. But I was more speaking directly to these types of magazines and publications and this clickbait type of online material (laughs) that's shared in the rooms. So I think uh, let's let's, uh, 
it's i think it's safe to assume that people who want to start this journey will find a way to start this journey so assuming that someone like that is listening to the podcast how do you think someone who's new to this who's never done any energy work who's not does not do much meditation or anything and just happens to come across uh, you know okay this is a thing to try to get your energy back how do they start where do they begin by not ejaculating <laughs> i know you would say that <laughs> <laughs> well i just 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 don't come that's the first <laughs> step to this yeah um really i wanted to be i wanted to inspire both men and women to start looking curiously at this area and this subject matter in their life just in a way to see can you notice the implications are the implications are the results of excessive ejaculation already right there you know in front of your eyes i ask a man when you ejaculate how do you feel great okay good how do you feel 2 minutes after like i want to take a nap <laughs> yeah, in some cases the man will will not even want to engage with the woman anymore because of how drained he has become from his desire from his libido the penis goes limp it no longer functions the way it should function this needs to be a very clear sign that we must especially as men have a deeper understanding of our own bodies our own genitals our own orgasmicness or own ejaculation process so we can really start to feel out what is best for us as individuals and for the women to, to really have them notice all the ways that their man may change instantly <laughs> once he has once he has ejaculated okay. because if And she was sensitive enough then she would notice huge changes in him instantly and changes that may last one two depending on the age of the man right through to four or five days <laughs> so i think awareness is the first and most important thing just so we can see and we can agree that okay this is a topic that needs our attention and our awareness and our curiosity so men can be here healthier and stronger for longer in their lives so men can hold on to their virility as they get older and continue to have all the sex that he wants to have without having to take medicine or viagra or anything like that and where the women can have a far superior sexual experience with the man that's the reward literally the community benefits in every way so when we attach it to the bigger picture it becomes far more worthwhile right. for us to engage with yeah i i think a lot of people have certain you know habits around habits around masturbating so so i've i've noticed that there's a pattern like uh, like it usually happens when you're alone and you have like some time some free time or something and that's when you you know maybe put on some porn on your laptop or your phone and that's when you 
engage in something like this but how do you how can someone break that habit i know you would say that you you know you just don't do it but if someone's really struggling and trying but they're not able to would Bio something like that happen well let's let's avoid using the term nofap um because i don't feel that that movement in general is healthy within regard to this specific topic uh which okay. we've spoken about in depth before just the way that they relate with it very much disconnects a man to his sexuality and makes him very afraid of it in himself it's almost like he wants to cut his penis off and forget like he has it yeah so that they don't have to engage with it yeah yeah, yeah. um so to answer your question yes my first response would be just don't do it and the second response is to when you feel it come up replace it with something good for you so rather than reaching down and doing the thing that's bad for you and that steals from you replace it with a practice that is good for you such as laying down and putting your hands on yourself and actually massaging your genitals and being with your body and breathing and being with your feeling rather than open your mind fantasizing about images and pornographic material bring it back to the body bring it back to the sensation so you can actually start to repair the dysfunctional and internal energetic retardation that occurs when that's how a person relates to sex when sex becomes an image on a computer screen that is internally retarded from an energetic standpoint that's not what sex yes. is sex involves the body and the senses it involves the genitals and the heart so if the man can start replacing his addiction to pornography whenever he feels that urge allow himself to lay down and relax and breathe and be with everything that he feels in terms of him wanting to watch porn allow himself feel how much he wants to do it but just don't do it and continue to breathe into it and let it get as big as it needs to get in him and also allow himself to touch his genitals and massage himself and be with his body lovingly so you can kind of bring sensitivity and awareness and energy and virility back to that part of his body which is one of the most if not the most important part of a man's body because the man gets to his heart through his genitals whereas the woman gets to her genitals through her heart we're opposites this is so it functions yeah, distinction yeah so this is why men fall victim to porn so much more than women even though i know women also get caught up in it but men are far more because the man gets to his heart through his penis and when the man watches images of porn and his penis wakes up he starts to assume that it starts to bring himself love and affection and contact and touch yeah. nourishment but it doesn't it steals from him yeah i've been there for for a while mm-hmm. way back a good i think a good 4 5 years ago i remember watching a lot of porn as a way to escape mm-hmm. because again it kind of gives you or it makes you assume that you know it's a good thing for you overall and of course it's built to do that so it does and uh, but you're left thankfully i'm not there nothing. anymore but 
Yeah. You're left. Yeah, with... you're left with nothing. That's. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Actually, is is that is that same thing that you were talking about just before that? All you can do next is you know sleep. Mm-hmm. As the only like take a nap or something because so that you don't have to think about what you just did, and uh, you know tomorrow's a new day and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, so it's like a lot of people I know uh, and me included used to you know uh, ejaculate us, ourselves to sleep. Like <laughs> it's like a lullaby that kind of takes away from you everything that's good in life. For sure, I was there as well. You know, as a teenager. Of course, every every young boy gets into that type of of relationship at the beginning because it's like, whoa! I just arrived on, you know, I just arrived to the pot of gold. This is everything. This is it. Now let yeah. me do it nine times in the day, <laughs> and he can do it at the beginning. Right. You don't know when it stops being that that easy. Well, it stops. It, there's a few factors, including lifestyle, the general constitutional energetic makeup of that individual. Uh, some men will be able to release more than other men before it hits them. Um, it's like anything. Some men can take... Look at Keith Richards. You know, He just takes drugs for his entire life. He's still alive, whereas a 20-year-old could do what he does, and the 20-year-old could die. We're all built with slightly different things and we all have different amounts of different things. But what I will say is the number somebody is, the more they can do it without noticing the immediate effects as much, even though it's still creating the same damage. Whereas someone more sensitive, and this is where I feel very grateful for on my process, was because I was always very aware from a felt sense of energy, um, of feelings and, and just how my body was kind of functioning within some degree. So I started to become aware of it quite young, how it would impact me, maybe around the age of, I don't know, 24, 25. I really could start to, to notice what it would do. And of course, at that age, still didn't listen. And I just continue to go past what I should go past. <laughs> um, so everyone's different. Yeah some, yeah, some things you can only see, oh, that is what was happening back then. Mm-hmm. And anyways, okay, we didn't listen and so on. One of the things uh, I often wonder about is that if you, if you're, let's say you're already on the journey and you're able to retain your energy, you're not wasting it or leaking it, in this way, then what are some of the ways that someone could use it? What, like a lot of people are stuck in a routine. All they can do is go to a job and come back or school or college and so on. But they, they still do have this energy that they want to use. How would, how, how, what are some avenues that they could put it to use it? Well, it's not really for me to, for me to say, because it's just an increase in energy that you can use to direct into any place in your life that you would like to be more present in. You see, the more energy that we have, the more consciousness that we have the the access to. So the more you'll possibly see things in your life that you missed before. Okay, the more yeah. you'll be able to engage with different 
parts of your life in ways that you couldn't engage with them before, you know, maybe you realize, fuck, I hate my job. I don't want to do this anymore. But then you could ejaculate a few times and go out and get drunk to blow off some steam, which is the term people use, to blow off steam. And because you dwindle yourself and you release yourself so much that now you've got no more energy, so you don't give a fuck anymore about the fact that you're going and doing something such as your job that is in no way beneficial for you. But you're okay to stay there because you're still recovering from the weekend. So with more energy, you see things clearer and your level of being in alignment with yourself can only grow stronger and stronger so what can people direct it into you can direct it into your sports if that's what you're into or your martial arts or your creativity maybe the man writes music Uh, maybe he's a writer maybe he's a painter anything i I, I like the fact that you mentioned being that it makes you present in a lot of ways without you realizing because when you said that, I realized that uh, if you don't, uh, you don't have to choose what you will apply your energy to. The energy will show you where it wants to be applied, or it will bring to awareness things that you are not paying attention to. Exactly. So far. Yeah. But but do you think sometimes it's okay, in, uh, not as a cycle or a routine or a set number of days, but sometimes is it okay to you know ejaculate and be done or just let that energy go for for you? Or is that like a complete no-no, you would say? It's always okay. It just depends on do you want to do it or not. It's, yeah, but it's like you want to go. Like a, yeah. But it's like, a, you know, if you're at a, a restaurant you really like and uh, you don't know your stomach is full yet, but then you order that one extra thing on the side and then you go overboard and then you realize that, oh, I didn't actually want it. And this happens with ejaculation as well, that uh, when you haven't done it for quite a while, you will get to a point where it feels like you really want it. And when you do it, you have this post-ejaculation guilt, I call it, where, oh crap, there goes all of it again. Well, this is where NoFlap and me have a problem and an issue is because they place so much importance on these things that they call streaks which is the amount of days that a man can get to, not go, but get to without ejaculating. So if we break it down a little bit to understand it more, if you take a guy who's ejaculating every day and has been doing that for the past four years and you tell him, okay, retain, don't ejaculate and see how many days you can last. Now he might be able to last three, four days maybe even two weeks and then he ejaculates now he doesn't go all the way back to where he started he doesn't go back to day one because he hasn't just lost all of his energy in that one ejaculation he's been accumulating over time so on that day after he ejaculates he what he won't do is beat himself up which is what a man shouldn't do a man should not feel guilty for ejaculating even when he didn't intend it. All that matters is that he has the good intention to not do it, to separate ejaculation from sex. 
So if he does happen to go over it by mistake and it kind of gets away from him for a second and he loses himself to it in a moment, for him to allow himself to completely enjoy it and not feel bad about it, but immediately pick back up the intention of, I don't ejaculate in my life. And then he continues on again. So after two weeks, he may the next time be able to last for three weeks. But the body is creating semen and this seminal fluid to the extent that the body uses it. So if he's ejaculating every day, he's going to back up with physical fluid really, really quickly until his body learns to readjust to his new frequency, which might be once a month or once every three months or whatever feels right for him. But it's a process, an ongoing process, where the body physically and energetically has to recalibrate because you've been so used to being here in a different way up to this point. So it's not about just, you know, (laughs) plugging the holes and just not going anywhere and not ejaculating for 100 days. That's dangerous. That's dangerous physically and it's dangerous energetically. I've seen streaks being talk, talked about, which like, you know, they went for 365 days, like the whole year without ejaculating at all. And I'm uh, one of the things that, that makes me wonder is what other issues are you ignoring in your life? That all you have is, you know, the streak that you're going for <laughs> or that you're maintaining. Well, when someone is very addicted to pornography or masturbation or ejaculation, then that type of commitment can actually be incredibly empowering for all the different areas of their life. So like an, like an alcoholic anonymous? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I still don't believe that going for that long, especially at the beginning of your process, is healthy. Because at some point you're going to have to realize that it's time for the fluid to be let go of because it's stagnating a little bit now. Now, I'm very cautious when I talk about this because what (laughs) memory goes, oh, it's been a week. I don't want to stagnate. And then they go (laughs) and just work one out. (laughs) So I never want to give the man that excuse because realistically at the beginning, he's never going to run into that problem. He'll just probably have a wet dream where the body's intelligence will just take over if he's not letting go of it and it will come in and let it go for him. Yeah. Is it, is it normal that, uh, normal for someone, like that someone being me, that they don't get wet dreams? Like even in the beginning, I remember when, when I first started to retain and not, you know, let go of the fluid or energy, uh, I thought I would get wet dreams, but I didn't. Is that normal or does that like signify something? Your question, is that normal, makes no sense because everyone is different. So if that's what happens for you, then that is normal for you at this point. Unless it brings about complication for you. Yeah. It does. Oh yeah, is this normal? It's a very weird question to ask. That's true. <laughs> So, so since we began with masturbation, I just wanted to also, uh, because this is something I'm curious about. Uh, I know a lot of men masturbate, but uh, I talked to a few people, a few women I know, uh, 
and some of them masturbate and some of them not and uh it's like most of the men i know masturbate but uh it's 50, almost 60 40 with women so what are some other ways that women might be leaking energy that they don't realize they are just something i'm curious about because you work with a lot of women mm-hmm. for women women function differently obviously to men so in terms of leaking energy women can leak energy through excessive ejaculation um which some women will have where there's a lot of fluid that will actually come out of a woman um in some places this can be or in some cases this can be very beneficial and important but it can also be done to the detriment of the woman's health or the woman's energy so that's more a rare um cause of leaking energy that i wanted to bring up but for women especially their whole their whole level of being shut down around the heart and the numbness that so many women have been inflicted with that they carry around with them just based on how they and how they've allowed men to interact and engage with their bodies this creates a whole lot of energy leakage for her uh, also when a woman is up in her mind burning yang a lot this can also really drive her over what is natural for her in a way where it's like she starts to burn up her fluid she starts to burn up the water whereas a man can spend more time in that part of his body and his mind because this is his negative pole it's her positive pole so when a woman abuses that area of her body by only staying up there this leaks huge amount of energy and this makes women really really sick really unhealthy it brings them so many different physical problems and sexual problems in their lives one of the biggest issues with women is that they've come to a point of being almost entirely locked in their head where they get not even a second's break from it ever so for the woman because she's naturally much more water based from an energetic standpoint she must start coming down into her physicality so her awareness and her attention can begin to occupy her physical space her felt sense her body her emotions her creativity women gain a huge amount of energy through things like ecstatic dance interpretative dance singing uh different types and different forms of artistic endeavors anything that that's that's kind of focused around the emotive and the felt sense for a woman will always be very very nourishing to her and anything that's heart based and it's uh, again then you know with women there's this narrative that uh uh you know books like men are from mars and these kind of books that they say that women they kind of even encourage women to be in their heads i've realized because mm-hmm. they talk about how women heads are everything is connected to everything well just, just to clarify i'm not saying women yeah. should not be in their mind or they can't use it or anything like oh yeah that. Oh yeah. It just yeah, yeah. she just needs to learn how to balance herself so yeah. she is healthy and it's the same for a man. 
It's the mm-hmm. same for a map, just in different measurements. That's all. <laughs> different measurements. Yeah, that's a good key term there. Right. And also for women, when it comes to leaking energy, the men that she's around, the quality of lovemaking that she's engaged with, the level of consciousness of the men that she allows herself be around in her life. All of these things will have direct implications on her. Her fear of feeling her traumas, feeling her hurts, feeling her pains. These things, again, create more numbness, shut her down more in the place where she needs to be most alive, which is in her heart, in her body, in her felt sense, courageously. So when she attaches all this fear, when women come see me, you know, for the most point, they can't even breathe. Like women have such difficulty even taking a breath. They're so jammed up. They're so locked up in tension and fear of feeling anything. So yeah, it, it for, sounds like you're describing you're describing my mom, <laughs> because every time I've tried to tell her, you know, you meditation would help you, and you could start with you know breathing deeply. She's really afraid of breathing deeply, which I find pretty strange. Mm-hmm. But I can see this might be where it's coming from. The more you breathe, the more you feel. Yeah, yeah, true. And when most people are just breathing into the top of their collarbone, they're in (laughs) no way going to be occupying themselves with any depth. Breath is life. The thing you can go over the shortest amount of time, it's not water, it's not food, it's breath. Yeah. So that should obviously communicate to us that more breath, more life. More aliveness. And what does aliveness do? It wakes up the body, it rejuvenates the body, and it starts to push old trauma. It starts to make space. It starts to unearth blockages and let it go. Yeah. But again, because everyone is so afraid of feeling anything of truth, (laughs) it, it creates a whole lot of fatigue everyone's fatigued and burnt out and tired and run down because everything they're doing in their life is almost the opposite of supporting aliveness so distracted ejaculating drinking drugs Especially screens that we see all the time. Like I used to think that if you if you're on uh, on your phone a lot or if you're on your computer a lot, you're wasting a lot of time. But uh, as I've become more aware of the energy that I carry now, because of retention and through talking to you and getting mentored by you, I'm realizing that the time you spend on a lot on a lot of these screens, you're really draining energy. And that's why you feel so fatigued later on because all your energy is gone in something that's not productive, that's not giving you back anything. And it's really taking away from you. So it's like a really slow ejaculation that goes out throughout the day. Yeah. And by the time I get too tired to even take account of what just happened. Well, I don't want to totally... Um... 
I don't want to totally kind of shit on, for use of a better term, the benefit of technology and computers and phones because like we can do this call now because of it. So there's lots of benefits around it. What I would say the danger and the ill health stems from prolonged unconscious use of these machines and of these beautiful gifts um, that can be used in order to support more aliveness, more life, more abundance, more contact, all of that stuff. But it's been totally abused because of how it's been designed and the human mind is fragile. So humans are now addicted to this, to the point that you're exactly right. It's like a full day-long ejaculation where the person just loses, not even loses, but just becomes drained and then stuck in the head, stuck in the eyes, stuck in the neck. Yeah. And then whatever reserve energy your body was still saving, somehow you ejaculate that at night and you're done for the day and then you sleep. And in many cases, the man wants to ejaculate and do it quickly like that because he just wants to feel something. Because he's been so mind-driven and so stuck in front of a screen that when he ejaculates, at least he gets to feel something for a quick few seconds. And he's like, oh, there's my body. Oh, there's my humanity. So it, it kind of gives the man a really quick connection, a connectional boost to life's yeah. broadband. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you're not getting any signals, that's, you can at least kind of move your pole up a little bit so that they should catch something. <laughs> yeah, what a, what analogy to use. With technology, I remember you posted something on your Instagram sometime back, and I always try to remember it, that you said uh, you were talking about you know energy and screens and so on and you mentioned in that a statement that you have to be on it because it's part of your work and uh, it's part of you know it what gets keeps your work moving but if if it's not part of your work and if you're not supposed to be on you know facebook or instagram as part of your work it's better to not engage and then move away from that technology because it gets addictive really soon so I always try to remember that am i doing am i here am i on the screen because i want to do you know and i know there's time for you know sometimes you do need some youtube videos to kind of pass your time and so on but then we are too much on your screens all all the time which is like we said a drain of energy mm-hmm. i think if as i mentioned in that post that if someone doesn't need it for the work that they do or for it to be a part of whatever it is that they're looking to achieve or reach, then just fucking drop it, get rid of it, let go of it, walk away from it. I just recently deleted my Facebook anyway, um, which was going against the advice of many people saying, what are you doing? You're crazy. It's, you know, it's a part of your business. Like, no, (laughs) Um, I can't continue to go against myself like that. Instagram will be next relatively relatively soon. Um, but okay. totally for people, if you don't need to be on it, don't be on it because it's, it's really making people sick and distracted in a time where we need to be more alert to truth than ever before. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the hypocrisy and the madness that's occurring right now um, in our current politically correct 
sphere of relating is just ridiculous. Uh, we, we need to be awake and alert to that so we don't allow that to totally and fully penetrate every aspect of our society, of our community, because it's making people sick. And this is where that big picture thing that you talked about comes up, that when you start exploring yourself, you're not simply exploring yourself or you're not just being curious about yourself. You're, in a way, connected to this big you know, world or universe around you and you're going to affect everything you touch, whether you like it or not. So if you're studying something and curious about it and you're growing in that way, you're not just growing yourself, but you're part of this big picture that is growing with you, no matter how small your own contribution might be. And we need more people to do that. Yeah, we need more intelligent people who are connected to, to reality and what's real. And the, the phone, the screen is not really what is real. It's just a tiny little fragment of it that is being totally abused. Um, so to manage that, I highly recommend people to manage it. I don't really know anyone who can manage it because of how it's designed. It's designed to be insidious and to burrow its yeah. tentacles into you until you're totally addicted. Um, so on that note, I would just say get off it and go live your life. <laughs> <laughs> or at least start creating a life that's outside of it and it will show you the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like for me, I'm, I appear on these platforms, but I'm not really on them because I have someone that yeah. I pay to do it for me in some instances. Yeah, and to engage with people for me in the parts that I want to kind of step back from a bit. So, yeah, with time, depending on what you do, allow yourself to build your your kingdom, so to speak, in that way. Right. And also honoring that you're not putting something deadly, dangerous off of yourself and onto somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then I don't know if there's anything admirable about that either. But for me, the work flow that I, you know, pay someone else to do, I'm only kind of allowing that person to engage with it in the healthiest way possible for them. Because I don't want them to get addicted to it or sucked into it either. So I would consistently be checking up with that person as well, saying, you know what, get off it. Don't be on it prolonged. Just pick an hour here and pick an hour at the end of the day to do everything you got to do. Yeah. Don't keep being on it. Because that's how it infects you. Right. Cool, cool, man. So uh, I guess that's all I wanted to talk about, really. It's good to be able to talk to you directly. And I'm, I hope that it helps someone out there, which is what we started with. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you for, for coming on with your questions. And, and hopefully some of the things that we discussed and... Uh, that were brought up will be of benefit to both the men and to women, because I think the women need an understanding as well of their, you know, of their male counterparts and their yeah. allies and how they can kind of do their part in supporting a healthy form of masculinity as well. And only recently I had someone say, Chris, you know, you're going back doing the podcasts. You're going to give out all of your information. And then, you know, people, I guess, don't have to come to you. And what I, what I had to tell him was that 
look, the majority of what I say, you could listen to me speak and give you all the information I know for 20 hours and 20 days or 20 years, but it in no way, it in no way gets in the way of the importance of an individual coming to see me because in most cases what I talk about is very difficult to apply if the person is still energetically disconnected from themselves. Um, oh, yeah. And as you know, you work with me, so you have a you have a deeper understanding yeah. of that. So I would encourage people to, if you are having difficulty with these aspects of your life, both men and women, I am available to assist that process to reconnect people to parts of themselves that they may have difficulty reaching on their own. Um, that's what I see the purpose and the point of a guide as. Um, so take the information and, and wear it and try it on and see if it works for you. And if you need any further clarification or mentoring or support on that process, then please don't hesitate to reach out and contact me. And the only reason I'm being more clear about that right now is because of the fact I have removed myself from places like Facebook and Instagram will be going soon. So I need to continuously let people know that I am available for that. So thank you, Cigar, so much for for coming on and, and asking some questions. I enjoyed it. all mine, man. And to anybody else who would like to do the same, you can email chris at awakenedintent.com. As I said on the previous podcast, I would really like to get some women uh, to come on just to balance it out. There have been women in the past doing uh, podcasts with me, but I would like to balance it out a bit as most of the individuals that I work with right now are women. Um, so I think it would be a nice balance. That's it for this week. Awesome. Thank you, Cigar. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.